superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Tuesday morning by Joe P. Sapia and by Andrew Erickson. Fellas, we are talking some bold predictions for week 14. We are just a week away from the fantasy playoffs in many leagues, but hopefully we can use the power of predictions, help you make some winning bets, and help you get into your league's playoffs. Guys, I do want to recap Monday Night Football. We don't always do that on this show, and I don't really want to recap the whole thing. It was kind of a wild game, but Trevor Lawrence goes down with the ankle injury. Erickson, I'll start with you. What is our takeaway? If We, we don't know as of right now, but if Trevor Lawrence is to, to miss some significant time, how badly are we, you know, affecting these guys in the rankings? Very badly. I mean, Calvin Ridley was barely startable with Trevor Lawrence. So it's not like he's going to be reliable in any way, shape, or form, even though it seems like he gets peppered with high-value targets every single week. Sometimes he cashes in, other times he doesn't. Do we have the injury to Christian Kirk? How does that affect things? So I think it's really just Travis Etienne, and then everyone else kind of like goes down to peg in terms of what it's going to look like with C.J. Beathard. And the Jaguars actually have a really tough schedule, too, rest of the way. So it's mm. not favorable matchups for their offense overall so uh, yeah they're in a tough spot joe what are you doing with this passing game in terms of fantasy oh well i mean in terms of fantasy i think erickson kind of nailed it obviously it's going to be a downgrade but i think in terms of betting what's so interesting now is all of a sudden i think the door gets open again for the houston texans where if they just continue to play well they are right in this thing and all of my wagers on them to win this division are alive again, and I do not wish injury on Trevor Lawrence, but I think when you're looking at this going forward, I mean, if it is a high ankle sprain, it's probably going to be at least a week, maybe two for Trevor Lawrence. A little different when you're a quarterback as opposed to a running back or wide receiver, but still not good timing, as Erickson said, because that schedule is tough for the Jags. Probably removes them from the conversation for the one seed in the AFC as well, so you're looking at Dolphins, Ravens, maybe the Chiefs as well. If they can figure it out, they're only a game behind. Joe, I want to stick with you and recap. How did last week's predictions go for you on our first edition of this show? Well, we were both, unfortunately, not uh, not quite right about Travis Etienne. That game got a little wild last night. Uh, that's for sure. But three out of five, not so bad. CeeDee Lamb uh, is going to be the guy we talk about first here today. More wide receivers. But last week... We talked about Michael Pittman having over 20 fantasy points with a touchdown. He had 22 half PPR points with a TD check. We talked about A.J. Brown betting him somewhere a 70 and a half all the way up to alternate 100 plus yards. Guess what? He had 115 check. And then Mike Evans, 100 receiving yards and a touchdown. That was a prediction because he absolutely crushes the Carolina Panthers every chance he gets. Guess what? 162 in a tutty check. So not too bad there, Erickson. Not too bad. I know Erickson's upset because Kenny Pickett got hurt. So a lot of our Jalen so Moore in love. Like half the guys that talked about yeah. got hurt. So yeah. You're a mush, Erickson, I think, at the end of the day. You're just bad luck. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll yes. take a winning week from Joe's side uh, anytime <laughs> we can get it. Erickson, let's start with you here for your number five. We're going to go five to one, by the way, for those who missed last week's show. Each guy's going to get five predictions. Like I said, going five to one in order up till their most favorite prediction. Erickson, starting with your number five here for week 14. What do you got? Colts beat the Bengals, even though everyone is up on the Bengals now because Jake Browning is Joe Burrow 2.0. Jaguars have a horrible secondary. I think that they're still very overrated. I don't think the Colts secondary is particularly that good either, but 
I, I like what Shane Steichen's doing with this offense, even though they don't have Jonathan Taylor. The Colts have been one of the better teams to back this year. They're still favorites. Like, even though some money has come in on the Bengals since their recent upset win in a game that the Jaguars lost their starting quarterback, they missed a field goal that caused the game to go to overtime. Like, come on. Like, I'm not buying into the Bengals as, oh, now they can make a run at the playoffs. Like, they're a team to be feared. They're, no. Their defense is still horrible. I think the Colts offense is going to have a lot of success. So I like the Colts offense in this spot to beat the Bengals even on the road. Colts 5-1 and one on the road. 100% against the spread as a favorite this year. And the Colts are still favorites. Vegas knows what they're talking about. Just like last week when they said the 49ers were favorites on the road. And they delivered. So I'm going to back the Colts here to win. And that's in the prop that I have collected to this is Zach Moss. Over 70 rushing yards against the Bengals. Look, I think ETN could have had a bigger game. Have they have been able to establish the run a little bit more? He was also dealing with that chest injury, rib injury throughout the week, which we didn't know about till after the show when we did the show last week in the predictions. So I think Zach Moss against Bengals, 30th run defense in DVOA. I think he's going to have a field day. He played almost all the snaps last week, 94% of the snaps. He had nine red zone touches and didn't score and was overall lackluster for fantasy, 51 rushing yards on 19 carries. So he's still getting all the work. I think the matchup was tougher last week. I think the Bengals matchup is a dream matchup for Zach Moss to bounce back in a big way. Yeah, as you alluded to, that line after the Bengals win last night did go from Colts being two and a half point favorites on the road to now just one point favorites. Joe, we were ranking Zach Moss pretty aggressively last week, you know, with the news of Jonathan Taylor being out for a couple of weeks. Like Erickson mentioned, he got the volume, but not quite the production. Where do you think you're going to be ranking Zach Moss in week 14? Well, I don't know about this we you're speaking of because I was still <laughs> saying it is the Tennessee Titans. I know he had a great game against the Titans that first shot out of the gate, but I think you had to temper your expectations a little bit. This week, I think more aggressive is correct. I think he's definitely low-end RB1 territory. Uh, today's the day where I start peeling into my rankings and trying to figure that out. But Erickson makes a great point. I think you're talking about a situation here against the Bengals where you should run the football. You need to run the football. And the Colts are a playoff aspiration team as well. So I think a good balance offense always benefits Gardner Minshew and to Erickson's other point too real quick I think ATN they had to get away from it because they got down quick there to Cincinnati so the game script all of a sudden changed dramatically from what everybody thought was going to be the case so I think Moss has a bounce back week this week after kind of a disappointing week last week especially in DFS where he was so highly rostered and he was not quite returning his value Hard to believe we're this deep into the NFL season. We've got to make every second count with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. We had a lot of teams on by last week, and we'll have to sit through some an absolutely hideous Thursday night game this week in Steelers-Patriots. But... We get to make up for it with some amazing matchups on Sunday this week. We've got Philly, Dallas. We've got Seahawks, Niners. We've got Jags, Browns. We've got Rams, Ravens. And of course, Bills, Chiefs tied for the lowest spread of the week with the Chiefs laying two and a half points at home on DraftKings. Also the second highest total on the week at 47 and a half. However you plan to bet on that one, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on the NFL. NFL only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Fantasy Pros. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Joe, give me your number five prediction here. Well, I teased it at the top. We're right back to wide receivers, right back to CeeDee Lamb, because uh, the last time CeeDee Lamb saw the Philadelphia Eagles, it was a banner day for him. Let's just put it that way. Uh, 191 yards receiving last time out. This time, I'm going to predict that he goes over 150, which I think is still pretty bold, considering it's hard to do that. Uh, the Eagles secondary obviously is not good. Uh, and the thing is, even after the bucking they got last week against the 49ers, which I'm going to eat the L on that one. Erickson was right. I was wrong. I know you love hearing that, Erickson. But hey, they showed up. They played hard. They played physical. Good for the 49ers. Now, I don't think the Eagles can really fix the deficit of what they have. And they have to go into Dallas. And if you look at the stats here for Dak Prescott at home this year, he has been stunning. He has 18 touchdowns, just two picks in his own building with a rating of passer of 126.8. I mean, he has been absolutely dominant. And what's so interesting, too, in the betting market right now, Hertz and Dak Prescott are neck and neck right now. They are basically somewhere around three to one, three and a half to one, depending on what market it is. So if you're like me and you already bet Jalen Hurts at the beginning of the year to win MVP, now is an interesting time to hedge with Dak Prescott, because if Dak comes out with a victory here in this game, you could see the worm turn here a little bit. And all of a sudden, that very public Cowboys team and Dak Prescott might get a little bit more love for that award. But I want to tie this into a ladder bet here again, where you could bet this up. My guess is this is going to be a very high number for CeeDee Lamb, and I'm still going to go over it. 85 and a half is my mind what I would set it at, uh, and I would go all the way up to... 120 plus in alternative yards. And again, you can find these over on the prop bet cheat sheet on betting pros. It's really easy to find. You can go there, find the best line, find the best house, sync your sports book and go bet it there. But I would also push this line up because you're going to get a minus number, probably my minus 110, minus 115 on this 85 and a half. So if you push it up to 100 plus alternative yards, even up to 120, I think you're still very safe. You'll get plus money. Anytime touchdown for CeeDee Lamb is also going to be heavily juiced, minus 120. I think you can even look for two touchdowns for him, something about plus 250 or even greater. That, to me, is a really good return on investment in CeeDee Lamb. Erickson, what do you think about those prop bets? I, personally, I like the, the yardage bet a little bit better than the touchdown bet. What do you think? Yeah, I think that you can correlate them all, like, with Dak, go Dak passing yards over. Like, that's not going to be at 300, but what has he done, like, the past five weeks is, like, all he does is throw for 300 yards and look at the Eagles. Th all the quarterbacks they face have gone for over 300 yards. Brock Purdy went for 300 yards last week. So I think that, yeah, a way you can attack it is through Lambs over on his, whatever his line opens at. And then with Dak, because I don't think it's going to hit up to 300, even though it's pretty easy to see him hitting 300 yards because the Cowboys are entering this game knowing, hey, we have to be aggressive. We have to throw the ball. That's all they've done since they came out of the bye week, and they're going to continue to do it. That's how they have success on offense, and it's why Dak has now put himself in the MVP uh, consideration. Erickson, let's stick with you for prediction number four, talking about another quarterback. 
Yeah, I'm going to C.J. Stroud uh, taking on the New York Jets, and I think that we're going to see a down game statistically from C.J. Stroud when it comes to his passing yards. So if you look at what C.J. Stroud has done over the last five games, his yardage numbers have actually dropped in every single game, a little bit. Last week, he was under 300 yards for the first time in almost a month. He passed for 274 yards against a tougher Denver Broncos defense. So Stroud showed that he was mortal, basically, against a better defense. And he's facing the Jets. And what do the Jets do at home is they grind out games. Like MetLife Stadium, we've talked about it, is the anti-course field of the NFL. All there are is unders. Like, that's all that happens when teams play outside in the gross weather at MetLife Stadium. Jets are allowing fewer than 200 passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. That's top five in the NFL. Only one quarterback they've faced this season has gone over 256 passing yards. So Stroud, if it comes in around 250 yards, I think I'm probably going to lean towards the under here, even though it is CJ Stroud because of how the Jets defense plays. They're a run funnel defense and the Texans will take advantage of that. They'll be like, hey, we know that we can run the ball effectively with our two healthy running backs. They may take the ball out of CJ Stroud's hand just a little bit, protect him from themselves because they know the Jets aren't going to score on their side of the ball. Like they, they, they don't need to be aggressive necessarily trying to put up points against the Jets because they know the Jets maybe will max out 10 points depending on whoever they start a quarterback this week. It won't be Tim Boyle, who was released by the New York Jets <laughs> before we started recording. So um, for those reasons, I also kind of like the prop on Nico Collins. Again, I, I don't feel great about this one, but this is just, hey, I'm looking at the matchup. The Jets shut down wide receivers. The number one defense against wide receivers. I know Nico Collins had a massive game last week, but... I think it's going to be tough for him on the perimeter. So it's a contrarian play. Again, you're still going to start him in fantasy because of the touchdown equity he has. But I would not be surprised if you see more of an underwhelming game from Nico Collins. So I'm probably going to look at the under 57 and a half receiving yards is probably what I think it'll probably be actually higher than this. But I'm going I'm going to be leaning towards the under with Nico Collins. Quickly, Erickson, CJ Stroud is currently QB 10 in the early ECR for week 14. Is that too high, too low or just right? I think it's right. I mean, because he's been really more around like that QB five range in the last couple of weeks, but people are realizing or the rankers are realizing the matchup is not good. And it's not even that the fact the Jets defense is good. It's the fact that the Jets offense is so bad that this isn't a game environment where CJ Stroud has to be in. We got to drop the back to throw 40 times a game like that's not going to happen. It's just a gross game environment, which is what the Jets play in, especially when they're playing outside at MetLife. It's just not a, a fun game. Joe, same question. QB 10 for Stroud, too high, too low or just right? It feels about right. I think you're taking on some risk there because Erickson makes some really good points. That Jets defense is very good. But Tim Boyle, just before the show, gets released. I know that's huge news there. So is it back to Zach Wilson? Is it Simeon? Like, I don't know what's going on here. And that's my concern is that I think from the volume standpoint that they just keep giving Stroud more opportunities. And I think if he gets enough opportunities, cracking top 10, I think will still be fine. And I think they uh, they win this by more than three. So I think the line is a little off on this one. I would push this to at least seven because it's not like giving Desmond Ritter extra chances on the road. You're giving CJ Stroud extra chances on the road. I'll take my chances with the Texans this week. Joe, sticking with you for your next prediction. Well, the next one here is going uh, right to Alvin Kamara, 120 all-purpose yards against the Carolina Panthers defense, which is not good. Alvin Kamara is the number two running back right now in the ECR heading into week 14, and I think there's a good reason. He's coming off a game where he was RB2 last week overall in half PPR. He had 100 all-purpose yards against the Detroit Lions defense that doesn't seem to be able to stop anybody lately. I don't know what's going on with that Lions defense, but... Dan Campbell's got to figure some stuff out because they have trouble putting away other teams here. Uh, Carolina, obviously, I think just defunct at this point. Uh, this game is at home, and I think you're probably leaning towards seeing Jameson Williams 
uh, Jameis Winston, excuse me, uh, being the guy this week where you're going to have to uh, play him a quarterback. And that being said, I think it becomes a very he- heavy Alvin Kamara day because you want to make sure that you are just keeping things simple. This is a, an important game for the Saints to stay in this divisional race. I think you put the ball in the hands of Alvin Kamara. You don't ask Jameis Winston to do too much here because we know how mistake prone he is. So game plan wise, I think he can go over 120 AP yards and looking at that all par- purpose yards bet. I think it's going to be somewhere around anywhere from 100 to 105 and a half. I would bet this up the alternative money line, probably up to 120 I think you could probably get up to somewhere in that range there, the alternative yards. And the anytime touchdown is probably going to be heavily juiced to at least minus 110, I would think. But if you look at what he's done here in these last few weeks, these 100 is an easy spot here. I think it's going to be a very heavy dose of Alvin Kamara. And it looks like the expert consensus agrees with me. So therefore, invest in it this week in your betting wagers. I was going to mention that he's RB2 in ECR currently. And, you know, some of the names behind him are, it's kind of surprising. Obviously, when you get to this time of year, like you look at the tops of any rankings and it's like Isaiah Pacheco's three, Zach Moss is four. It's like not names you would have expected before the year, certainly. But yeah, I I don't think there's really that much of a case against Kamara as a top two running back going into this week. What do you think about that ranking, Erickson? I mean, it's just a matter of does he get the touchdown? Or does Taysom Hill get the touchdown? I mean, Taysom, I mean, Kamara was vulturing Taysom Hill last week. Like, like Taysom Hill was cruising, and then, oh, they got to put Kamara, and he's got to take the touchdown. So that ultimately will be the reason why or why not Kamara finishes as a top five running back. Just a matter of who does get the touchdowns because they love Taysom Hill in the red zone. And I get why, because it works. And especially with Derek Carr out of the game, you know, how much of Taysom Hill will we see even at quarterback? So it could be interesting, and Taysom Hill just... You know, someone that's super hard to project and rank every week, but it's like just the more they give him the ball, the more fantasy points he scores. So you just got to keep him in your tight end spot, even though he doesn't play tight end. <laughs> he just, you know, has tight end eligibility for some reason because we didn't know what else to play. He, again, we talked about this on another show. It's like he's an actual flex. Like that's what his position yeah. actually is, not tight end. So uh, Taysom Hill continues to just, just be someone to continue to ride. This episode is brought to you by Jack Link's Protein Snacks. No better way to enjoy game day than with Jack Link's Protein Snacks. From jerky and beef sticks to steaks and more, Jack Link's delivers 100% beef in a wild assortment of delicious flavors. It's just what you need to help feed your wild side. Shop now at jacklinks.com or find it at your local retailer. Erickson, I will stick with you here. Give me your prediction number three. Elijah Moore is going to be the Browns' number one wide receiver this week. I think that he's set up really, really well. Amari Cooper's going to potentially out with a concussion. And Elijah Moore has been quietly productive even before Joe Flacco entered in as quarterback. Double-digit fantasy points for the fourth time last week in his last five games. I think that continues here. Last week we saw targeted 12 times. He only had four catches, but it had 83 yards. He had 255 air yards from Joe Flacco. Flacco came off the couch, was just firing bullets down the field, didn't care. In week 13, Joe Flacco had 543 air yards. He was like, I got air yards to make up after missing so many games this season. So Elijah Moore was by far Flacco's favorite target. We've seen this connection go back to their time spent with the Jets the last two years. And the one game that Elijah Moore has with 100 yards is with Joe Flacco. And this was another big game that he had with Joe Flacco quarterback. So again, it's not going to be efficient, but if he's going to be seeing double-digit targets, especially in a matchup against the Jags, who just got absolutely eviscerated by Jake Browning. I mean, Elijah Moore is someone you're starting in fantasy, and I'm going to be taking the over on his receiving yards. I think that'll probably open around like 40 when it comes out, and just I think it's going to be bet up. So you've got to get in on it early when it drops, especially with 
Cooper likely not to play with the concussion as we see most guys miss the first uh, game after they have a concussion. Yeah, I dropped that nugget in Slack last week in our analyst channel about how his one career 100-yard game was with Flacco. Like, I was all over Elijah Moore this week. Obviously, like, the four catches of 12 targets doesn't look good in a vacuum from an efficiency standpoint. But when you get volume like that, like, you just have to, you know, start that guy and take it and run. And I'm totally with you on the 40 receiving yards. Like, I would be betting that up immediately, like, as soon as I possibly could. What do you think about that one, Joe? Well, I'm going to hold my Elijah Moore uh love for later in the show because erickson likes him but i love elijah Moore <laughs> this week and he's just not used to seeing the ball yeah. I, you know the 12 12 targets he's like hey what is this is this a pass going my way i didn't realize that was an option with the cleveland browns but uh, i have very high expectations for elijah Moore. I'm gonna save for the end of my show because he is of course the number one guy that i have to talk about but for all those reasons too if amari cooper plays if he doesn't play this week it doesn't matter in fact i like more potentially even more if Cooper's on the field, because I think it actually frees him up a little bit more. And I hate saying more as much as I am. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm with you guys. I think Elijah Moore's in a really good spot this week with Joe Flacco. That's a tease, folks. Make sure you stick around to the end of the show to hear Joe go even more in depth on his love for <laughs> Elijah Moore. Joe, for now, give me your third prediction. All right. Third prediction. This is a downer here. You kind of talked about this at the top. Maybe it's not the most exciting Thursday night football game between uh, Mitch Trubisky and Bailey Zappi? Question mark. I don't know. I mean, no one knows. But uh, yeah, the one thing the Patriots actually do well is stop the run. That's the one thing they've been very good with. Uh, You saw Austin Eckler just get absolutely stuffed last week. It's the one thing that the Patriots are actually can, you know, sort of hold their head up high about right now. Things are not going well for them. So I'm going to carry that over here into Pittsburgh and saying that no Steeler will have 50 yards rushing. Uh, The Patriots have allowed the fourth fewest rush yards so far this year in 2023 and how that translates it. Look, uh, if you're stuck here with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren as your RB2 guys, your flex guys, you don't have other options. I get it. Maybe you hope that one of them falls in the end zone, and that certainly helps the day. But I would be looking to bet the unders on both of them. In my mind, if you're looking at the Najee Harris game log, I would imagine that rushing total is probably going to be set somewhere around 62 and a half, maybe 60 and a half. Uh, if it get bet, excuse me, if it gets bet very early uh, and then Jalen Warren, probably somewhere around 45 and a half. And I would go the under on both of them. I think it's just the safer wager. So there's ways to make money in this one, which is probably going to be a low scoring game, uh, probably going to be an ugly game. If you thought that the game between the Chargers and the Patriots was ugly on Sunday, just wait, just wait, folks, and see what this game on Thursday night gives us. I, I don't know what uh, it, the official stat is, but I've definitely seen a couple of times on Twitter something to the effect of this is the lowest total in X number of years for an NFL <laughs> game. I mean, it's it's an abhorrent looking game. And you game, know what that quite means? Frankly. It's going to go over. The it's going to hit the over. Is any under? No. No, because, no, it's gonna, because it's of not. turnovers. That's why it will go not over. Not on a short week, not on a Thursday. No. no. So, what, so when Mitchell Trubisky fumbles the ball at his own 20 yard line and the Patriots punch in a touchdown, like that has nothing to do with offense. That has to do with You're bad hoping offenses. that they can punch in that touchdown is what you're hoping for. Remember, Mondre Stevens is out of this game too, folks. So, you took the one weapon they have, and now you have no idea who's playing quarterback on a short week again. Uh, sorry, I like, I understand what you're saying. There's going to be mistakes in this game, but I don't know if either team can take advantage of them the way they the offenses are set up right now. Yeah, like you, you have to be a real sicko to take the under in a game that's the total is 30. But I cannot justify the, the over. That, like there's just last no week way. it was 30 with the Chargers and they put up six total like, points like the, in the, that the game. The Patriots are not getting into double digits, and the Steelers are not getting to 20 points. Those two combined, this game is not getting to 30 points. Like I just don't. I, I'm still under. Yeah, I don't see any possible. I mean, way. So, so you're going to bet the under at 30. <laughs> 
Like you see I'm, value I'm, in that. I'm not going to bet it because again, this is you like thirteen-six. This game. This is I, a thirteen-six no, game. You didn't if answer ever my question. You, you think there's value betting in a game under thirty points? I'm not going to put uh, money on this, this one? game, but if you had to pick one side, I would pick the under. Well, yeah, I'm taking the under. Well, uh, I'm just saying, if it goes over, it's because of red zone turnovers. I, I just because don't. the guys can't get out of their own way. I just don't think the, these teams can even take advantage of that. I just really what do you don't. Mean they can't get turnovers. No, yes, no, they, they can get turnovers. The I don't think they're going to punch it in. We're going to get six field goals off the turnovers. The odds would set be for my this guess. game to have more than two and a half turnovers is minus one seventy. Sixty percent. I, I just don't think that's going to lead to scoring. But you don't think turnovers are going to lead to scoring, Worm? That's how they, that's how these teams I, score I, I don't points. think it's going to lead to touchdowns. Getting <laughs> so six field goals. That I can bet on the number of punts in this game because I would like to take that. I'd like to take the over. That's fine. Field goals are not going to get this game over thirty. I, I mean, I think all the yardage, I think, I think the best way to attack it is like Joe said, like with the unders on the player props, because these teams can't get yards. But the thing that scares me is because the total is so low at 30, that it only takes a couple of turnovers in short fields, which we see with these have two elite defenses and bad quarterbacks. Like you're going to see fumbles. Like that's going to happen. Interceptions. And that's going to cause points. So just don't be surprised if we look up and like, oh my God, it got the over because of a bunch of red zone turnovers, but not because of the points in yards, which is why I like the unders on the yardage props is the best way to attack this game and not betting the 30 under because I just don't, I don't see any value on that, in my opinion. Erickson, very quickly, I want to get your opinion. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are both currently outside the top 24 running backs in the early week 14 rankings. They're RB25 and RB27, respectively. Is that about right for you, or do you think one of them will end up being an RB2 at least this week? I just think whoever scores a touchdown, if if someone yeah. scores a touchdown, so that would that would be it. And I think that actually the sports books opened up the Najee props, and it's fifty nine and a half. Is so Joe is basically spot on with that sixty mark, and it's something I've already bet the under on. So, <laughs> Erickson, let's uh, stick with you here for your number two prediction. Uh, the Falcons back at home in the dome. Uh, they're gonna win. Uh, they're gonna win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Desmond Ritter he's horrible on the road unless he's playing the Jets. Um, the Falcons are going to win at home. They're, they're going to win the NFC South. Uh, I'm ready to punch in my ticket because the Saints can't get out of their own way, and they're going to continue to ride against the Buccaneers at home. And I think that means good things for some of their pass catchers. So my prop prediction here is they're going to win, and Drake London's going to go over his receiving yards prop, 46 and a half yards. I mean, it's just really, really low. I understand why it's so low, but the Buccaneers are not the Jets. Like, the Jets are the best defense against wide receivers. Drake London went under. He still saw 100 air yards last week. He still had 20% target share, five targets. He caught one pass because he's facing a tough defense. It's the complete opposite against the Buccaneers. Like, the Buccaneers are the defense that's allowing the second most receiving yards per game to wide receivers. This is how you beat them. Arthur Smith knows that you can't just run the ball a million times against the Buccaneers. He knows they're going to have to throw a little bit more to take advantage of their bad secondary. And we've already seen London go over this number when they face the Buccaneers on the road. In week seven, he had 54 receiving yards. So I think that... Drake London, especially at home where he's been over 54 receive, or he's been over, uh, excuse me, 46 and a half receiving yards in his last four home games. Desmond Ritter just plays better at home. I don't know why. I think it's maybe because he likes the dome and like sleeping in his own bed. And so I'm going to back the Falcons here. So I think you have more confidence in your Falcons pass catchers and Falcons overall offensive players in a matchup where they should win at home. Yeah, I don't have any pushback on this one. I, I'm kind of in lockstep with you, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a very thrilling day necessarily for Drake London, but I think you would want to bet the yardage as opposed to the receptions because I think that's always a more difficult one to gauge, whereas, you know, one or two big catches, he gets this yardage total potentially if he has one big run after catch. So that's the secret sauce here. And to Erickson's point, I think it has to be the game plan against Tampa because running against them is not a great idea. 
If you haven't heard about Whatnot yet, allow me to introduce you to this incredible platform. Whatnot is the world's leading live shopping platform, often described as a unique blend of eBay and Twitch. Here's how it works. Streamers go live to conduct auctions where they sell a wide range of items, including sports cards, jerseys, sneakers, and much more. Recently, in the hobby of sports card collecting, the highly anticipated NFL product, Flawless, was released. It's been making waves in the hobby with cards worth six figures or more being pulled on a daily basis. One player I think is going to have a great week in Week 14 is Dak Prescott finally stepping up against the NFC East rival Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be a total shootout. I think Dak's going off in Week 14, and when on whatnot, you can invest in Dak Prescott or any other player you think will do well just by purchasing his card. You can snag a $10 discount on your first purchase by going to fantasypros.com slash whatnot and signing up. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Again, sign up when you go to fantasypros.com slash whatnot to redeem your $10 discount. The link will also be in the description. Joe, let's stick with you for your number two prediction. Well, this one might seem a little bold, especially after uh, last week where Russell Wilson was a little underwhelming in terms of the yardage total, just 186. But I think he's going to have a big day, a real big day against the Los Angeles Chargers, who have given up the second most passing yards allowed. And I think the Denver Broncos smell that there's an opportunity here for them to get in the playoffs. And I was talking about betting this last week when it was plus 140. Now it's almost two and a half, sometimes three to one in some other spots here for the Broncos to make the playoffs. Their schedule remaining. They play the Chargers twice. They play the Raiders. They play Detroit, who really, again, you know, they just let every single team back into games and they play the Patriots. So I think there's a path here for them, but this is a big must win game. And I think they've got to get back to basics here. It's on the road, but it doesn't matter because it's not a home field advantage for the chargers. And Russell Wilson has had a few 300 yard games, but the problem is you got to go back to week two and week three uh, for those games. But I think he can get back on here. So what does this mean? Probably a pretty good number here for Russell Wilson to go the over. I'm guessing it's going to be set somewhere around 215 and a half. And that's being generous because the chargers are bad, but Russell Wilson hasn't crossed 200 in the last two weeks in terms of passing yards. So I think there's a great opportunity in the last two weeks. It's just well, been, it's well, it's been a while. I, I, no, I, I, he, he I crossed had 200 d- in, in against oh, Minnesota in week he 11. He had like five right. games where he didn't even come yeah. close. Oh, he no, did. Thinking, he did. No, okay. But he had I'm one game out of his last like seven. That's fine. I'm calling my shot here with Russell Wilson. This is the get right game. Uh, 215 and a half, I think, is going to be the number. You can look for alternate lines up to 230 or even 250 if you're feeling really frisky and you're going to get plus money on that. And I think that's what you want to do. So if you don't want to go crazy for the 300, you think I'm nuts, that's fine. But can it get above 215 and a half? Absolutely. Can it get closer to 250? I think yes, because the Chargers are the gift that keeps on giving. And I think this is a great opportunity for them to go out there, make a statement, get a W here. You see the Chargers offense is sputtering. I think that's going to give the Denver Broncos more chances. And I think Russell Wilson will take advantage of them. If you want to easy, easily kind of visualize how often a guy is going over or under their prop, you can actually go to bettingpros.com, go to the prop bet analyzer, and it goes back the last 10 games how often a guy has gone over. Whatever line, whatever number you want to set it at, at 215 in the last eight weeks, Russ Wilson has only gone over that once. That is correct. It was that game against Minnesota in week 11. His other games, 196, 95, 114, 196, a lot of numbers like that uh, on his ledger. Uh, But Joe is calling a shot. He's planting his flag on this being a Russell Wilson week. Let's move now to Erickson's top prediction for the week, which also happens to be our Uber Eats prediction. We'd almost, almost guarantee. Erickson, what do you got? 
Jameer Gibbs is going to bounce back in a big way. Goes for 20-plus fantasy points against the Chicago Bears because I know three things. Death, taxes, and playing (laughs) pass-catching running backs against the Chicago Bears. They are the league's worst defense when it comes to defending running backs in the passing game. Very stout against running backs in the running game, which is why I love Gibbs to be the preferred option for the Lions in this matchup. They're playing on the road. We know that Jared Goff can struggle on the road. This is one road matchup where Goff's actually going to be playing in cold weather. So I actually am kind of concerned about Goff and how he will perform. And you kind of see that in the line. When you look at how close the spread is between these two teams, depending on how good the Lions have looked at times this year compared to the Bears, you know, they're really factoring that in, that Goff is not this elite passer on the road. So I think they're going to lean on their running backs a little bit more. I think Gibbs is the guy that can really help them out. So again, he's coming off one of his this more disappointing games since they came out of their bye week when we're seeing Gibbs operate a lot more. Didn't really see a ton of targets last week, but it really had to do more with the game script, I think. Both of these running backs are kind of more game script dependent. We saw the Lions jump out to a big league. Okay, that means Dave Montgomery is going to be the featured running back. But in a game that could be more back and forth against the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields under center, like we saw the last time these two teams played, I think we could see Gibbs in a fast-paced offense really break out here. So his receiving yards... Last week, they were around like 30. Maybe it gets up to 35 when it opens because of the matchup. I don't care. He's going (laughs) to scream over the number. He had 59 receiving yards the last time he faced the Bears. He had six catches on six targets. So whatever it opens up as, I'm guessing around 30 or 35. Going to be looking at the over for Jamar Gibbs in terms of his receiving yards against the Bears. Are you hesitant to go, you know, uh, to rank David Montgomery highly this week just out of nervousness that it's going to be much more of a Gibbs game or do you think they'll both find success because they both did find success in the last time these two teams faced each other yeah it's it's tough to rank them because of the game script thing where look if Montgomery if they join to a big league Montgomery's gonna have a big game like that's how it kind of plays out whereas if they fall behind you know Gibbs is gonna have the bigger game and to say that I know exactly how the game script is gonna play out well if I did then I would have a mansion like I, I wouldn't even need to be on the show right now I would just be like all right where's my mansion so you, you, you would still come rank. on the show for fun, though. We're all <laughs> friends Obviously, here. I'd spend, you know, I'd come in from the beach, and I'd do my, my <laughs> podcast, and it'd be great. <laughs> and I'd get in my Lamborghini and drive <laughs> yeah. off. So it would be a ton of fun. But the thing that I look at is, I, I think that you're always ranking them at least as, like, top 15 running backs most weeks just because Montgomery still has lots of touchdown equity. So even if he doesn't have a super efficient rushing day, um, like you said, both these guys were productive against the Bears the last time they faced each other. And they're just really the big focal points of this offense outside of St. Brown and Laporta. I mean, it's really the running backs that are kind of the next pieces of this offense without really any other ancillary pieces in the lines like a Jameson Williams, Josh Reynolds. Those guys really aren't stepping up like we saw at the beginning of the season. So I think both running backs continue to eat here. But if I had to pick one, I'm just going to go with Gibbs just based on the matchup against the Bears. Joe, quickly, you're starting both these guys. Obviously, you're starting them both, but you're pretty confident about both of them, too. I am. I'm more confident in Gibbs. Uh, he, absolutely the pass catching running backs here against the Bears. However, uh, hot take. I think the Bears win this football game outright on the money line. Like that's mm. already something I talked about yesterday on the podcast. You can go listen to it on betting pros. We do our weekly look ahead show every Monday. And I think that the Detroit Lions are ripe for another letdown game here. I mean, they let the Saints get back into that game. You saw what happened on Thanksgiving here. There's something off here with that defense. 
And more to the point, I think the Chicago Bears have a lot to prove. Their defense has played a little bit better. Brisker, once he got healthy again, all of a sudden that defense has tightened up just a bit for the Chicago Bears. And Justin Fields is playing for his future with the Bears. And so are a lot of other guys on that team. And I'm curious to see if Roshan Johnson gets a lot more work in that game too. keep a close eye on that coming off the bye too, because that could be a turn in that backfield as well. Here's a prediction from me. The food you've been craving can be delivered to your door through Uber Eats. Get food from your favorite restaurants plus groceries and other essentials delivered straight to your front door with Uber Eats. This football season, stay planted on your couch and get anything, well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Uber Eats, the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Joe, Get to your aforementioned Elijah Moore love. Yes, let's go. Joe Flacco comes home to Cleveland. Let's go, everybody. Now, he wasn't efficient, Elijah Moore, but he did have 80 plus yards on those four catches. I'm just saying 83 yards on the four catches. And there is a familiarity. So whether Mari Cooper is in or not, I want to reiterate that. This is how I feel about Elijah Moore. I think this is going to be another Elijah Moore 100 yard receiving game. And let's give him a tutty as well. Let's go. The Jacksonville Jaguars secondary has not played well. Look what just happened last night. Look what happened a few weeks ago with the San Francisco 49ers. This is not news. This is not new. And now I think it's highly unlikely that Trevor Lawrence plays. If he does, he's going to be very limited. I don't think you want to throw him back there with Miles Garrett chasing after him with a bad ankle. I don't think that is the way here. So no matter what's going on, even if Trevor Lawrence says, I can gut through a coach, I can play. If I'm the head coach, I sit him and say, look, you get right in two weeks, we play you again. That means you're going to give Joe Flacco more opportunities and this Cleveland Browns offense more opportunities because you are downgrading significantly to the backup quarterback. So all those things put him in a good spot. Now, I know Erickson was setting that number for somewhere around 40 receiving yards. I think it could be higher. I think it could be as high as 60 potentially that you could see it. Now, if it's 40, you bet the hell out of that 40. You alternate up all the way up to 75, maybe even 80 because you're going to get plus money when you do that. And I would imagine the anytime touchdown score is going to be really good for Elijah Moore. Why? Because he only has one all year. So you're probably looking at somewhere around plus 230, maybe even plus 250 for this, Mark. It could even be higher on some sites. But I think this is the Elijah Moore day that I've been waiting for since August because I was very excited about Elijah Moore. And there's been very little to be excited about. But now Joe Flacco is back, Ryan. And now, gosh darn it, I'm excited again about Elijah Moore. My guy, Joe Flacco. I love to see it. I'm super on board. I I don't know about the touchdown. But I'm super on board with literally any yardage prop you wouldn't give me on Elijah Moore this week. I like like the touchdown call. I I don't don't hate it. I just like the yardage one better. Elijah Moore's wide receiver 45. That's a reflection of how early it is in the week. That is going to go up uh, pretty clearly, especially if we get news, you know, more officially about Amari Cooper's status. Where do you think that rank is going to end up, Joe? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, we talked about Drake London before. Erickson, would you rather start Elijah Moore or Drake London this week? I think that Elijah Moore has a much higher ceiling. Now, Drake London is at wide receiver 35. So I could make that case that Elijah Moore is going to probably get somewhere around 36. He's going to be a wide receiver three by the time we roll into Friday afternoon. What do you think, Eric? I had him as a wide receiver three last week. I I was drinking the Joe Flacco, Elijah Moore. Like, it's going to happen. And it almost didn't happen because he only caught four passes. (laughs) You got (laughs) to be patient. Joe Flacco hasn't been doing anything for the last year. And now he's got some, uh, you know, a little bit more practice time under his belt. They're going to be in Cleveland. The crowd's going to be great. 
all of a sudden Jacksonville is going to be beat up. I don't know, man. I think this is a great opportunity for Elijah Moore and Joe Flacco to to have some fun here in this game. And I think another Cleveland Browns victory, which is going to put them right in that. Again, they're in the thick of this playoff race. The AFC playoff race is fascinating right now. Yeah. I will say it's probably dangerous that all three of us agree so strongly in the same direction. <laughs> that is just ripe for blowing up in our faces. But we are all very much in lockstep. Let me recap all the uh, predictions here before we get out of here. We think that the Colts are going to beat the Bengals as two-and-a-half-point road favorites. Actually, that went down from when we made this yesterday. It's now one-point road favorites. C.D. Lamb's going to go over 150 receiving yards against the Eagles. The Jets' secondary will limit C.J. Stroud on the road. Alvin Kamara, over 150 all-purpose yards against the Panthers. Elijah Moore, it is Elijah Moore week. He will operate as Browns wide receiver one with Amari Cooper potentially out scoring double digit fantasy points for the fourth time in the last five games. And of course we think he's going to have 100 yards and a touchdown as well. No Steeler will have 50 yards rushing. The Falcons will win at home. Russell Wilson, 300 yards passing against the Chargers. That's an aggressive one from Joey P. Jameer Gibbs going for 20 plus fantasy points against the Bears. Thank you everybody for listening all the way to the end here for Erickson and Joe. I'm Ryan Warmly. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.